Hey, Millennial listeners, uh, it's Max here. I want to let you guys know we put out together a few shirts, some merch that's gone out. Um, maybe you guys do or don't know this, but uh, we're bringing together a lot of brand new designs, things that are really relevant to uh, Neon. We hope you guys like them. Um, things like All Over Neck Print Gator, which is a, a really cool uh, kind of print that we put together for fans of Neon, uh, the Neon of the Future, which is you know rewarding female Neon vendors out there uh, who are doing all sorts of cool work, as well as uh, Hot Bends, uh, which is a sweatshirt and also a t-shirt. If you guys don't know already, uh, we, like I said, these are exclusives uh, to Mono Neon. And uh, you can go out there and check them out. They're on the website under merch. Thanks. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Hey, listeners, this is Max at Mondo Neon. I'm with author and photographer, graphic design, you name it. John Barnes, a really incredible artist that I have on today to talk about uh, his work with Neon, especially the book. Um, Just jumping right in, because that's usually how we do this. Uh, Obviously, John, uh, why did you choose Neon? You've done a lot of work. You've traveled uh, quite often, it sounds like, just previously to what we're talking about. Um, Just maybe jump in and tell us how you discovered that Neon kind of kick. Well, it started back in the 70s when I was uh, working towards my BFA. I took a documentary photography class, and at the same time, I was taking a lot of graphic design classes. And the requirement for the documentary photography class was to go out and do a documentary or something. And at the same time, I had read an article in the local paper that the um, local municipality was going to try and restrict neon signs specifically the animated neon signs and their um justification at the time is was it was a a distraction to motorists Um, but really they just they it was you know there was a decline in the center city center core and neon was one of the symptoms or whatever of that decline they thought so if you eliminated the neon signs it wouldn't look so seedy that kind of thing Mm-hmm. So when I read that, I thought, wow, you know, some of these signs are just, um, you know, they're like, they're I- iconic. They're beautiful graphic images. They're, they're a form of folk art. So I started driving around at night, photographing all the neon signs I could. And then at the end of the semester, I was required to submit um, 10, I think it was 10 or 12 photos in a sort of portfolio presentation thing, which I did. And then um, four years ago, I was in Vegas for a wedding, and um, I went to the Boneyard, which is, you know, the big neon museum in, in Las Vegas. Yep. If you ever get to Las Vegas, I highly recommend um, doing the tour. Anyway, I did the tour with a friend of mine, and, and I'm looking around, and I'm going, oh my God, this is, look at all these signs are just sitting here in sort of a neon graveyard. Um, so that night, I went out driving around trying to photograph neon signs in Las Vegas because Las Vegas is like synonymous with neon. Right. And there, there weren't that many signs out. And I was like, wow, um, maybe I should, um, maybe I should expand this and, and start documenting neon signs again. And that's what I did. I went Have back you to Seattle. thought about the book? Like was, was the book a thing yet? Or were you just kind of like, just trying to get some photos out? No, the book, the book um, really didn't start, um, percolating to the surface for me until about two years in the project. And I'm going, you know, I had shot like, I, don't know, I think 35, between 35 and 50,000 
image is a neon sign and I'm going, I have this huge body of work here. I should do something with it. And so the book became an obvious um, path to getting these images out to the general public. Um, I tried posting on um, Flickr and, and um, um, Facebook and being sort of old school and the son of a librarian, the book made more sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like the most logical place to go. Like, were you, had you done books before that? Because I think in what we're talking about right now, and Amy doesn't really know, we kind of haven't talked about it, is uh, John put out a book called Neon Road Trip. This just came out. When did it launch, by the way? It launched um, March 3rd, the day everything started shutting down. Right. So weirdly enough, yeah. so this is, I mean, a lot of people probably don't even know about it yet. The history of the commercial neon sign and also John's done a, a wonderful job uh, discovering also the history and the artistry behind these signs. I mean, as you know, I've had a lot of people on the show, if you haven't heard of the show, uh, was just traveling around. People have actually done a lot of the chronicling work that you've talked about, but this is really kind of the visual representation of that. And it's a, a huge amount of work that you put into this thing. How do you draw the line? You know, there's probably a lot of different places that you go. What is actually in the book as far as like, you know, cities? Did you have like a list that you wanted to hit? What did you come away with? Well, you know, finding and finding neon signs is a bit of hit and miss. You got to drive around a lot at night. Um, so and I so I did a lot of that. And there's there's some resources out there where you can kind of locate signs. Like if you know you type in the go on the internet and you type in Austin and you type neon signs, you'll start seeing a lot of images pop up. And Austin is a is a really great town for neon. Um, I wasn't really interested in the signs that say you know hotel or eats or pizza. I was looking more for the more I iconic graphic images that um that really showed um you know like a, an artistic talent or artistic expression behind them i mean some of these signs are uh, are just to me uh, amazing works of art and so those are the ones i kind of focused on um and then like i said there you know i i kind of had this circuit around the country because you know i was looking at other things too hitting the national parks and things like that and so anywhere, everywhere I went, I would look up for, um, what neon signs were out there. And then, you know, to photograph a neon sign, I usually would go by during the day and scout the location and see what the best angles are, what lenses I should use, and, you know, uh, what's the weather going to be like. And I usually check in with the owner and see if the sign worked, those kinds of things. So there's a lot of legwork involved and just shooting the actual sign. Yeah, tell me, you know, I want to stop here and just because pause. Go ahead. And the fact that you've, you know, tell me a really cool story. You're like driving around the middle of the night. There's got to be some really crazy stories that came out of this. I mean, maybe not. And maybe it's all just people coming out and being nice to you. But is there anything that like take us through? Anybody wasn't there at that moment? Was there anything you look back on? You make like, that was crazy. Well, I, you know, Vancouver was a huge, Vancouver, BC was a huge um, neon town. And so I went up there and spent like a, I think about a week up there trying to shoot neon. And um, there's some questionable neighbor neighborhoods where there were some really nice signs. And, and one night I went out, I mean, one day I went out and I, I scouted the neighborhood for a couple of signs that I found out weren't even um, lit. They weren't even working anymore. And I, I looking around and going, there's no way I'm coming down into this neighborhood with $10,000 worth of camera gear walking around at night you know that's that's crazy 
Yeah. So it was like stop and moment, like, well, okay, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, you use some common sense here. Uh, on the other side of the coin, uh, I was in some few CD neighborhoods in, in Austin. I'm going, is this the smartest thing to do? But hey, I got one of the, my most favorite signs out of Austin in a, in a kind of iffy neighborhood. Yeah, aren't those the signs that nobody's going for too? Like you kind of know that like not everybody's going to be getting those at night. <laughs> it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's, you know, uh, um, Times Square in the 70s was, you know, like this neon garden. It was like nothing but neon, but it was really seedy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, now you go there and there's almost no neon signs in Times Square, you know, because they tried to make it into, you know, family-oriented um, tourist destination. And people forget that too. Vancouver, we've had um, some civic historians on to talk about some of the nature of what Vancouver lost and they're trying to get it back, which is kind of yeah. weird stuff. Like, you know, they, I think there was a neon sign for every person that lived there, which was wild. I mean, it's hard they, to really they, that. Yeah, that ne uh, Vancouver probably had the most neon per capita than anywhere in the United States. I mean, in North America, excuse me, not in the United States. Mm -hmm. Which is weird to think about, but yeah, with this little, this, this, this city, we really cranked it out. I mean, we're uh, as possible as it was for you to kind of get all these pictures together. Um, you know, the, the important piece about a vintage Americana, did you feel like you were going back in time? Did it feel like that some moments? Like, cause some of these signs, they got quite a bit of history. You know, you, you met the business owners and did they share anything with you that seemed, you know, kind of piqued your interest a little bit more, kind of had uh, peeled back the layers, if you will, from what you already knew? There was a um, a bar, uh, the the Mint Bar, it was I think Sheridan, Wyoming, and uh, going into that little town, um, it's just a, a one main street town, um, and it's you know agricultural cattle center, uh, and it was like going there and photographing that sign did have this feel like you were sort of kind of going back in time. I, I don't drink in the bars where these signs are because I have to drink, I have to drive. And so I have a strict rule about drinking and driving. Yeah. But I did go inside the mint bar. And, you know, this is a, a classic cowboy bar, you know, um, old pictures on the wall of the town and, and you know, um, buffalo heads and, and antelope heads, stuffed animal heads on the, on the wall above. And, and it was just a, a very classic um, old Western bar. And it, it really was. It was like walking back in time. And then also too, I think, you know, what, what are the, I think to some of the most of your favorite spots, you said you you dabble in Seattle. Seattle's got some incredible neon that, you know, all around. I, when I went there, I traveled, I, I was really surprised being in New York city for so many years, you kind of get lost in that world. And when I went down, I went to the market, just kind of walked around uh, really an, an awesome representation of not only just artistic skill involved, but just like the timing and the placement and everything. I was really impressed by you know, their ability to kind of generally accept neon for what it is, instead of trying to make it and push it into a certain type of framework, they, they allowed it to breathe, you know, there's different types of signs, they weren't, you know, all cookie cutter. So that was kind of cool. I really appreciate that. Yeah. See, Seattle has a, um, has a really good mix of neon signs. There are, are a lot of really um, graphic neon signs that I think are, are iconic. Um, and there is a, a private collector in Seattle who um, has an amazing collection of neon signs, private collection of neon signs. Um, Austin was another great place for um, neon. Um, Portland is a good city for neon. Um, surprisingly, there wasn't that much neon in New York City. I mean, you have Radio City Music Hall and 
a few other um, iconic signs in and around New York City, but um, I, I would have thought there would still be a lot more left than there was. In- yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I mean, clearly there's a lot more that needs to be preserved. I mean, there's a lot that we've lost. And I, I just like the signs that you have gotten, like you've got the McDonald's signs in Cincinnati, Ohio. You really did travel pretty far. You've got, you know, the Cantor's Bakery in L.A. You went to Austin and got Doc's Grill. I mean, these are just some of the signs, but they're excellent representations. Um, the elephant sign, car wash in, in Washington. So just some of these are some of the signs that are in the books. And so if anybody really wants to know a little bit more and would really want to travel around to see some of these things, John's got them all in the book. Go check them out. Uh, as far as your, like the highlight of your, you know, photographing on anything stick out for you out of this book that you kind of look back on and were like, I'm glad I did that. Like it might not ended up in there. Yeah, there was one sign, the uh, Sportman Cafe in Overton, Nevada. I went there during the day and I looked at the sign and I'm going, wow, that's a really nice sign. But the bar didn't look open and this, I, I didn't think the sign worked and I was on my way to somewhere else. And then about a, um, a year later, I saw a picture of the sign lit. So I called up the bar and asked them if the bar, if the sign was working and she, uh, the bartender said, yeah. And I said, well, I'll come down. I drove a thousand miles just to take that picture of that uh, neon sign. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And you listen, any artists that try to like, you know, I'm, I like the ones that almost got away, but you came back and, uh, and this can be artistically, you know, as a metaphor, is just to don't give up trying, you know, I guess even at this point where you had so many images, you talked about 30,000 images of neon. I mean, imagine working like through that back catalog, but it was still in your brain, like you're like, I want to do this. And I think I encourage anybody who's listening, who's making artistic work, who's kind of thinking to themselves, hey, this is just too much. I have too much going on or too many things. I mean, if you really do hone in on what you want to do, uh, you know, it's possible, right? I mean, you kind of just have to grit it and go for it and uh, put it out there. I mean, anybody, any reception yet so far? I know we're in COVID. It's not like you can go to the bookstore and pick this thing up, but it is online. You're on Amazon, right? Yeah, and uh, it's actually sold. And um, Gabe Smith uh, is the publisher. They did a very good job on the publishing. Um, they and they are, have it for sale in I think it's in for sale in like 12 countries Smithsonian did an article Smithsonian magazine did an article on it and Lonely Planet did as well yeah, so lovely. um I haven't I haven't got that much feedback uh about it because we're kind of in this crazy period right now mm-hmm. which by the way like what how do you stay busy you know I think photography is great because you can kind of just go and document what's going on. Are there any uh, future projects that you're working on, like ne- you know, near future goals with your photo work now that this is all happening? Are you kind of shifting? Are you kind of going back into your you know, isolation state and thinking about new ideas? I think this is a perfect time for artists to be you know, channeling their energy. Even, you know, even if yeah, I, I'm already, already thinking about another, and it's funny you should say that because you know, I walk by a neon sign and go, uh, should I come back? come back here tonight and take a picture of that. <laughs> um, but um, I think the, next, the, the other thing I really like is vintage cars. And so I'm thinking about, and I've been going to these um, car shows while I've been doing the neon thing. So I might do something with vintage cars. Mm, yeah. Next. That's a really good one. That's a nice, uh, a nice transition. You know, it's, it's, you can still kind of keep things going in that direction. And I think both of them go well together. You know, you kind of see the, the neon and the car shows, you know, a lot of car dealerships and things like that nature uh, collections. They all kind of use that framework, if you will, uh, to kind of like hold on to. <laughs> so, yeah. And here's the other thing. I, I'm not sure about 
why other people are attracted to me. And I, I mean, I'm, I've met people that, you know, you, I have no clue why they would be interested in, in neon, right? Um, if you're an artist and, and, or an architect or a designer or um, you do neon or you're into vintage Americana, it seems like an ob obvious attraction. But I run into people all the time and tell them what I'm doing. It's like, oh, wow, I, there's this neon sign and they'll try and point you to a neon sign that they really like. Yeah. So can you be surprised where it comes from? I was going to say, you got to check out uh, Carly Khan, Charlie Khan. He's out in Des Moines, Iowa, and he's like super into van culture. Um, he does a lot of custom vans and also puts neon inside of vans as well. So he's also a vendor, glass bender, a really awesome sign maker. We've had him on and uh, his work deals a lot with, I mean, he has this custom van work and he'll, so he'll post both of those things. And so he really understands both uh, threads. You know, he's a bit of a tinker as well as a sign maker and he really understands uh, car culture. So it works like it, it can totally work. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's, that's another, another obvious group. There's these, um, there's a, a group, you know, people that are interested in, um, things that no, are no longer around anymore, like manual typewriters. And, and they're, they're fascinated by the way the, the actual item works, you know? So I think neon has an appeal on that level too, is, you know, is, is this, the sign is like, how does it even function? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. And it's like a living object. I mean, it's, it's science inside of a bottle, you know, literally. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I drove, uh, uh, I drove to Montana and the week before the sign had been hit by a hailstorm and the sign stopped working. So yeah, it's like, so. right. It's like a, it's like affected every, it's finicky. It acts up. It's like a human being here. You know, they have personalities, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's cool to think about that. I mean, I never thought about it that way, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, and even in the book too, you've got a resource section too, by like location and also like a visitor's guide. Right. Right. So we, uh, I mean, yeah. Really the one neat. thing the publisher wanted to do is they wanted to um, sort of make this like if you were going out to certain sections of the country, you know, you could, this might be a interesting thing to go look for some of these neon signs. And then um, there were eight museums, seven or eight museum, neon museums that I visited. Um, they're all, every one of them is worth going to. Mm -hmm. And it's a great resource. Uh, I like that idea. It was a good, good uh, counterpart to the actual photos that are in there. So. Uh, yeah, so John, I mean, anywhere people go check out your work, you're on Facebook, but you have a website, which is your website. My website is jbarnesphotography.com, just the letter J. Cool. Anybody listening, go check out John's work. Uh, and of course, go check out the book if you're interested in Neon Road Trip. Uh, I really thank you for coming on the show, John, and I appreciate it. Hey, Max, thank you very much. I'm glad we connected. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening.